Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole and we are kicking off a couple week hiatus. I was at a training for NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, lots of amazing tools. I would definitely say more on the masculine side. Um, these tools have a lot of system, a lot of process, very much using the mind so fascinating. It's really using pictures in the mind and our senses and language to reprogram the mind, um, which I think is fascinating. And a lot of the work that I do is a lot of the work that I do, sorry, a lot of the work that I do is very feminine essenced. And um, it's nice to have you know, this kind of um, balance, if you will. So I did that. I was gone for eight days, you guys. It was crazy. Um, I missed my family a ton, but it was really nice. Um, I'll probably do a podcast about that experience because I really want to get into today's podcast, um, which I recorded a couple weeks ago. And I welcome a woman named C.G. Siddons. She is a top global earner for a massive um, network marketing company that you might have heard of called Isogenics. Um, I absolutely love their products. I really do. I've used mostly their shakes. Actually, that's the only thing I've ever had is their shakes. And I am obsessed with them. Um, I for sure like them. So she's been with them for, I think, 10 or 11 years. She's top, I think, 50 um, you know, earner in the company. And she has a team of, gosh, I think she mentioned nearly 100,000 people. And CG and I actually met when I coached with this gentleman out in California um, for an entire year. And I part of the coaching was to go to California um, for a retreat um, every quarter. And so I spent some time with her and, and we became friends. And she's incredibly, incredibly kind and giving. Um, she is definitely a mentor in my life and we just talk all the things. Um, so if this is a great conversation for you, if you're wanting to just sort of hear another person's perspective, somebody that's built a business, maybe in a different industry than yours, um, and really how she did it from this place of clean energy is what I like to call it. She really was conscious about coming from a place of neutrality. Um, she'll talk about that. And so, yeah, just an amazing conversation. Um, so enjoy this computer. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is Christy Dole, and you're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. And I have a very special guest with us today. Um, she will kind of give you her, her, um, resume, if you will, but she is my friend who I met through a coaching container that her and I did a few years back. Um, she's a leader in one of the top network marketing companies, um, that I think, and she's here to talk about how she built her business that has done that. She has made over $5 million in the last nine years. So welcome to the podcast, CG. <laughs> Gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I still remember when we met, like for real, at the event in the bathroom. Yes, you I was pumping. 
Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you have this product. I love it. Let's talk about it. Because oh, I had no boundaries clearly. And like, yeah. I didn't respect your space. Well, I was pumping in a bathroom, so I didn't have many boundaries then either. <laughs> um, so CG, tell everyone who you are, what company you're with, and just kind of the rank and all of that stuff. So they know. Yeah, for sure. So I am CG Siddons. I am with Isogenics. I've been with Isogenics. It's my first and only network marketing company. I joined for the products in 2010 and I joined, or I started sharing, I guess I would say in early 2012. So it's been about 10 years of of building and uh, my current rank, which I don't know if it will mean anything to anyone, but it's nine-star platinum, three-star executive, which is just a lot of fancy words for what I feel like means that I've had a, a very colorful experience in network marketing over the last 10 years. And while it's not perfect, I think it is better than pretty much anything else that I've at least been exposed to. Yeah. And aren't you like top 50, top 60 income earners in the company? Yeah. So I've been in the top 50 for, uh, I, I want to say the last five or six years, I've had the opportunity to be on the field advisory board. So it, it has just been such a, such an amazing journey. And on paper, 10 years ago, I've always said, and even a friend said this to me the other day, he said, CG, on paper, you shouldn't be living the life you're living. I'm like, I know. And it's not because I'm that good. It's just because I'm that <laughs> person and I found a way to build within a space and a compensation plan and all of those things that kind of work together. And I, I don't believe you have to be the best in network marketing to yeah. have success. I just think there are a couple of things you it does require of you. Mm. But. And we're going to get into that. And then just the last question, just so people understand the scope of, of you and your team, how the last time you checked, how big is your team? How many people? Gosh, um, I have, a, I never look at this number. I don't know why. So I will say 95,000 ish, okay. but I don't know to be exact. Okay. So 95,000 ish, just so everybody heard correctly. Okay. So CG, um, I want to actually just start by asking you, you and I met inside of a coaching container that in my opinion was very different than any type of coaching that I think most network marketing people would invest in. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I heard him on a podcast talking about NLP, but he actually didn't do that anymore. Yeah. And so Yes. I found myself in something that I had no idea what it was. And it was yeah. one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how personal growth and um, just working on yourself and really being the best version of yourself. When did that sort of enter into your life? Was that before network marketing, during, after? So when I first started using the products with Isogenics, my mentor, but I didn't understand network marketing. I didn't know what it was. I'd never seen it done before. I wasn't for it or against it. But the person who helped me get started invited me to an event. I think it was like the end of 2011. And it was a mindset. It was hosted by a guy who was very much a, a network marketing trainer type of person. And that was my first experience to network marketing, even though I didn't really think I was building a network marketing business at the time. I just, I think I had enough awareness to be able to look at my life and recognize that I wanted more and I didn't have the tools necessary to even figure out what that was. So I was mm. oftentimes just a yes when people invited me to things because I'm, I'm a seeker by nature. And sometimes I wish I could turn that part of me off because I'm always seeking, but it, it really has been such a blessing in my life because I just, you just always know that there's something else, something more, but not from a need to, to fill a void, 
mm-hmm. from just the knowing that there's always more, no matter where we are. So yeah. that's the best way I could explain it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that you actually didn't really do personal development until you were invited to that one event in network marketing. And what I find to be so interesting is that most people don't really dive into personal growth until they're also in network marketing because that it requires that of you. So interesting. Okay. If we can go back to the very beginning, 2011, you said on paper, it shouldn't, you shouldn't look like you have this life. What was your life before network marketing? (laughs) I was waitressing and bartending on the Jersey shore. So if you ever, if anyone's going to watch the show, I just don't believe them, but that was essentially where I worked on that boardwalk while they filmed the show. Uh, I was not on the show. I just background every once in a while, but uh, that was my life. I was waitressing and bartending. I had a college degree uh, with no real, like, I just didn't understand, honestly, why I would get a nine to five job with a boss and a commute and an alarm clock to make what didn't seem like enough money to truly be doing anything meaningful. And I felt like, well, at least waitressing and bartending gives me a little bit of flexibility. It gives me like the social aspect. So I was doing that up until I was 28 ish, 20, 26, 28, somewhere around there. And I just knew that there had to be something else out there for me, but I didn't know what it looked like. And I actually started building my network marketing business because I I had the recognition that, okay, something has to change if I want my life to change. So I did, I think what a lot of people do at 28 years old, or at least what I did was I made the decision to go to grad school because I figured, well, at least this will buy me time to figure out what else I could be doing. Mm -hmm. And that was at that moment that I realized, okay, you can't be a full-time grad student and waitress and bartend full-time and something has to give. And I wasn't at the time willing to sacrifice the nutrition I was putting in my body. So I was just very intentional about like, if I can make a couple hundred dollars a month and kind of bring in that kind of money so I don't have to take things out, mm-hmm. how to do that. And that's really what it looked like in the early days. I was miserable, broke, broken, like every many negative words that you can think of yeah. were probably used to describe me during that period of my life. Interesting. And so talk to me about, so my listeners know, I mean, hopefully, you know, cause your upline tells you like how to build a business. And would you agree that the how is fairly simple? Fairly simple and always evolving. I would say. Yeah. Well, of course with technology and things like that, but I mean, yeah. you, you, you basically have a product or a service and you're supposed to share it. The mm-hmm. way that you do that can look a lot of different ways, but the hard part is really the belief, the mindset, the consistency, all of that. So talk to me about how you went from, you know what, I just want to get my nutrition paid for to, okay, I'm going to build this thing. Yeah, it was. And I imagine most people will say this regardless of company affiliation, whatever it is, is I went to an event. I went to an event and it really is what sparked kind of like, oh, this is so much bigger than all of us just wanting to get free products because that's what I thought we were all doing. And that was what opened my mind to like, hey, this is so much bigger and I can potentially put myself in a position, which I did, that I don't have to get a job after grad school. I can do this and really make this my full time. And it was the first time I had ever been exposed to anything that kind of gave me the opportunity to live along the principle that my dad used to tell us growing up. He always said, find what you love to do and find a way to get paid for it. And while Mm. it was amazing to have someone that, that really lived that he was a high school principal and absolutely loved it. It felt almost debilitating for me for so long because I felt like what am I, I'm never going to love a job that much. Like I, there's just no, like 
job that sounds that exciting that yeah. I can get so passionate about. And I feel like what network marketing provided me was the opportunity to grow into a, a better version of myself and to create community, which has always been so important to me and to really build relationships and build skills. And that's kind of how it evolved out of that one event of really wow. understanding this is so much bigger. That's so powerful. Now I have so many more questions, but I'm just curious in, in today's world and COVID world, if people can't get together, what do you think a second, uh, you know, a second place, a, a runner up to getting together in person could be to give people that experience? Yeah. I mean, I think even a zoom call is an yeah. event of sorts. It's a small event. A team training call is an event of sorts, an opportunity call, a, a podcast. There are a lot of events that could have that same impact. I am a sucker for in-person events. So mm -hmm. it's been an interesting last couple of years, but there are so many ways, so many ways to even create like intimate, mm. smaller mm -hmm. events that can kind of bring that energy and it, it can be virtual. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so, so you're at, you go to the event, you're like, oh my God, this could be so much bigger. And then did everything just start to grow or did you have a little challenge? Like talk to me about that. Yes. So I made my first list of 17 people because my, my mentor at the time said, make a list of people, you know, so I was like, great. I can think of 17 total people <laughs> at 28 years old that put me into it. I went through my whole list. I, I think I enrolled a couple. I don't really remember exactly how many. And then I remember going back to her and saying, okay, well, I guess like, that's it for me. Cause I went <laughs> through it. my whole list and like, you're not done. <laughs> you're always going to be expanding your network. And I'm certain, you know, more than 17 people. And so we, I had to start getting out of my comfort zone very early because I didn't have any credibility when it came to building a business, when it came to health and wellness, which is the, the products that I was working with, with financial anything. I, I was not someone that was known in my network as that person. So while some people, which is amazing for them, have maybe built influence of some sort where they can work within their war market early on, that just wasn't a luxury that I had. Mm -hmm. So I had to start going. That. To networking events early on. I had to start putting myself in these wildly uncomfortable situations. So that was probably the first challenge that came up was acknowledging wow. that who I currently am and who I have to become in order to create success in this business. There's a lot of distance in there. And so it's kind of time to get to work on, on making up some ground. And a lot of that for me was building on existing relationships Mm -hmm. And meeting people, and even now, I mean, it's been 10 years and I moved quite a bit, but one of the, the brilliant things about moving, and you can manufacture this in your own life, every time I move, I kind of take inventory of, okay, who have I been up until this point that really works, that I really like about myself? And what do I not like about myself? Because I'm about to meet a whole lot of people now in Austin that only know me as I choose to be starting today. And so I, I think I was unconsciously even doing that as I was going through the process of networking and taking inventory of who am I, who am I showing up as, and how do I want to show up as, so that way I can kind of create within the space what I really envision for myself. I love that. And just so you guys understand, she was living in California for a while and just moved to Austin, Texas, <laughs> just yes. for context. Um, by the so, time this is live, I could live somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> she moves quite a bit, <laughs> this one. Um, so what did you specifically do to, to merge the CG, who you were that moment when you realized and the CG that was doing the bold things and growing the business, how did you, what, what did you actually do to merge those two? 
I got comfortable getting really uncomfortable. There was nothing about growing a network marketing business for me that felt natural or felt comfortable or felt remotely within my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But I got really comfortable finding ways to get out of my comfort zone, finding ways to build my network, finding ways to build myself. I, I worked with, hired people, sought out mentorship. When I found a mentor, this might sound creepy, but like I found a mentor and I followed them. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like an in and out. Like I was all in. If you were willing to show me what you did and how to do it, I was willing to go all in with it. And I think a level that might be intimidating to most people, but I was also just insanely aware that I did not know the way because mm. if I knew the way my life would have looked different than it did at 28 years old. So I really dove into following people. And again, at the time we're talking 10 years ago, 12, 10 years ago, coaches, hiring a coach as a broke 28 year old was not something, what I told my friends, my bartending friends, guys, I hired a coach, I, the amount of eye rolls. And even for me, I was kind of eye rolling at myself because it, it wasn't super accepted at the time, but I just could recognize that if I knew everything, I would be where I want to be. Yeah. So clearly there's a missing link. And if this person isn't the be all end all, but they can help accelerate my growth process. Yeah. Why wouldn't I invest in that? I love that. I had no idea you invested in a coach. So you invested in a coach early on because you knew that there was aspects of yourself that you wanted to be that you weren't. That's incredible. And so what did your coach and you work on? Oh my goodness. Uh, so I actually hired him right before I started my network marketing business, but he was a network marketing coach. He did a lot of entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We worked on a lot of very little when it came to prospecting and, and yeah. all that stuff a lot on my insecurity, mm -hmm. on how I had been showing up. What I struggled with so much early on was feeling like I don't look the part of someone mm. that's representing maybe a, a health and wellness company. And I was having my own struggles in that world. And he really kind of helped me see myself the way other people were seeing me and almost helped separate myself from the story I was perpetually telling myself mm. the work I did with him I probably worked with him for so powerful four or five years and wow. I mean I became a completely different person from beginning to end and we still have a great relationship that's incredible if if I could just interject when I started in my first network marketing business I struggled for a year as well and I also had this like I I was like I don't need therapy like, I was like, I don't think I need therapy. What I need is someone to like, teach me how to shift now and for the future. And for me, when I hired my coach, her and I worked together for nine months. And that's when I totally like blew up my business in a good way. Um, so I love that. I had no idea that that was part of your story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, um, so hire a coach, <laughs> right? I mean, I tell people this all the time. Coaches have coaches and anyone who's excellent at what they do, they did not get there without having a mentor or a coach or someone help them. Um, okay. So I'm curious in the last 10 years, if there's ever been a time where you kind of got to a certain point in your business, maybe a certain income level, certain rank, and you just kind of like, we're stuck there. And if so, how did you sort of break through and continue to rise? I read a book called Mastery by, I believe his name is George Leonard. Okay. And he talks about how anything we commit to becoming masters at mm -hmm. in life 
we must acknowledge and recognize that 99% of the time will be spent on a plateau because that's truly Ooh. what match is with marked moments of growth. There will be moments of decline. And what that helped me do is really kind of normalize the journey and acknowledge Powerful. that I'm committed to mastery and network marketing and network marketing. While it has benefits that I believe are far beyond typical business, maybe it's not so different that you're not going to have ebbs and flows. You're not going to have moments of amazing growth, moments of decline, stagnancy. I was reading about Peloton the other day, which I am a, a Peloton lover and their apparel division this year specifically is down. I don't remember what the numbers were, but this is a huge company and they're on a decline. So why would your business from time to time be different than any other business out there that's going to experience great growth and great declines. And for me, this book, at least, kind of helped me put into perspective that I'm, and I've always known this, I'm not here when it's bright and shiny. I am committed to being a professional network marketer. And that means doubling down on the things that are important, especially when I'm not in growth mode, especially when things mm. feel a little bit challenging. I also, and I, I firmly, I was just on the phone with someone about this. I am so ingrained in a community of people, not just within my company, but people who are talking about empowering perspectives and having those kinds of conversations that support you and kind of getting creative when you do feel like, hey, I, I keep doing this thing and it's not working because I think that is the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. But people who support me in getting really flexible, like, okay, this is what I wanna do. I've tried all of these tactics. I'm not seeing the result I wanna see. Where can I get flexible or where can I get creative? And I think looking at my business from a place of how do I be the scientist? Because that keeps me out of shame or blame or frustration, but I'm just the scientist of my business. Okay, I wanna see more people rank advance. Well, I'm gonna throw this promotion out, see what kind of traction we get, see what the results are. And then after it, I'm gonna look at it and say, okay, great. This was a really great learning lesson in a way to not be effective or this created some movement or this is a way to kind of play with it. But for me, that perspective of how do I be the scientist keeps me out of any kind of degrading emotion. So that way I just stay super neutral and I stay excited. So good, CG. I love you so much. <laughs> no, I really mean that. I'm just like, I'm, I personally am receiving so much from this conversation. And what I really just heard for everyone that's wondering, because you do talk fast, um, the book was called Mastery. And I'm, I love what you said. And one of the things I just want to reflect back is that you said that that book teaches you that mastery is kind of hanging out in the plateau for a while. And that is beautiful because what I have found is that without getting too much into it, but, you know, kind of like the toxic parts of our society today tell us that growth is supposed to be always up and to the right. And, mm -hmm. it, and if it's not, you're a failure. And if it's not, you're doing something wrong. And what that does is just like you said, it throws women, especially into shame and judgment and, and comparison, which then just keeps us stuck. And so I just love what you just said about how it's actually about the journey. The mastery is in the journey. The leveling up is what I just kind of am feeling is like the leveling up is in, is in the plateau. It's like you, you can't level up unless you're something you're leveling up from something. So I just really love that. That was so good. Um, so what I also heard you say is anytime you've been quote unquote stuck at a rank, 
what I'm hearing you say is that you, you ask yourself, what are the, what are the important things I should, that will move me past here, doubling down on that and just not judging and berating yourself for the moment that you're in. Is that what I heard pretty much? That end truly, I just reconnect with the people because Mm. truthfully at, at this point in my business, and I don't know that this will connect for everyone, but maybe it will. I am so much more interested in seeing my team have everything they've ever wanted than whatever number is next to, to my rank. It, it doesn't drive me at this point. It did at one point and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think whenever people are feeling stuck, they're making it about them. And if you can mm. go back to making it about the people in your organization, the people that raised their hand and said at some point, like, yes, I see what you see and I want what you want. And if you're really connected to why they're doing this, going back and really getting in the trenches with them, I think can help someone stay out of that feeling of frustration or, or stuckness. Oh, that's so good. I really hope a lot of leaders listen to this because what you just said landed with me. Sometimes being stuck means you're making it all about yourself. And that's, yeah. Um, so how do you kind of keep your energy clean today? Um, how do you like, do you, would you agree that we are magnets humans? Like we are magnets. Okay. And would you agree that, you know, shame and guilt and judgment kind of like dirties up the magnet? Yeah. So what is it like, talk to me about kind of the things that you do to kind of keep, keep your energy clean and keep you in like a high without sounding corny, like a high vibe place. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like one of the most airy fairy people that you possibly meet. And I'm wildly practical. I like, to me, it is just practical to be at my best in as many ways as I possibly can. So one, I am wildly selfish when it comes to the boundaries of my life. So with the people and, you know, I have a, a group text with some friends and I, while it's probably annoying to them, I go in there every once in a while and I make it really clear, like, Hey, and I do this with my team too. I want to talk about what's working, what we're excited about, what we're focused on. It doesn't mean I won't focus on talk about challenges and what's going on for people. I absolutely will. Cause I have the ability to get in the trenches for sure and feel for people what's going on, but there has to be an empowering undertone of like, this is what's going on. And what are we talking about from a solution standpoint? That is really important to me. I also, I mean, at this point, I've been doing this for 10 years. And so I think I've just created a community of people who want to have those kinds of conversations, who want to be in conversations about investing or wealth creation or strategies for business building or creativity. That's just some of what I do with my community. I am incredibly particular about what I put in my body. I probably, for some people, I'm a little bit intense and I probably for a lot of people, I'm a little bit intense, <laughs> to be honest, but it works for me. I work with different practitioners because I just feel like I know my body at this point so well. I know when I feel my best and it's when I'm fueling it in a very specific way that is at the same time, always evolving. So I'm always kind of allowing myself to evolve into what the next thing is. I am an advocate for movement. I think I've actually, over the last few years, really learned how to do it from a place of of self-love versus Mm -hmm. self-loathing, which is a completely different experience. But I make an effort to move my body in some capacity every day because it just feels good. I love my dog and she just makes me so happy all the time. So if I'm ever having a moment, I swear if I just look at her little tail wag and it like, it changes everything for me. So yeah. I think I have a lot of little touchstones in my life yep. to keep me feeling really good. And it's really simple for me now because I built the muscle over the past 10 years. In the beginning, if I you know tried to get out of 
people's drama. And then all of a sudden someone brought me drama. I dove right back in because it was just such a habit for yeah. me at that time. So I think it's a muscle that we can continue to build. And then I, I just have really been so intentional about the people I let into my life and the, the people that are really in my inner circle. Wow. So powerful. And you know what I didn't hear? And not that you don't do it and not that this isn't important, but I just loved the, um, the, everything that you said, I did not hear meditating or journaling or any of like the reading books, what I heard you, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I meditate and journal every day. I'm a huge advocate for it, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. And what I heard you say is that your environment, the people that you're surrounded with, the conversations that you're having, um, which then fuels what it is that you think about and what you believe. That's what I just heard from you, which is so out of the box from what most people talk about when they're like, this is how I keep my energy clear. So I just love that you gave that perspective. Um, and for those that are listening, it's like, what kind of conversations are you having about your business with your sidelines, with your upline, with your downline? Because just like CG said, it's important to be having conversations that are constructive. So what would you say to someone who has, is struggling with the belief like for instance, what would you say to someone who wants to build a business? There's, they love the product. They love the company, the community, the culture, like all of that is there, but they, and they do the work, right? They show up, they do the out, the outreaches and all of that. But as they're doing the work, they're just like, this isn't going to work. This isn't happening. It's happening for her, not me. Like, what would you say to someone who is in that moment? So I would imagine for that person, and this is something I learned from a mutual mentor that we have, what you have structure for can exist. And so what you have structure for can exist. So if I look at my life, anything I have structure, anything I've achieved is a function of the structure I put in place. And I imagine that is similar for everyone. And so while we don't always equate it this way, when it comes to belief building, if you don't have some kind of structure to continuously support you in building your belief, it's easy to get back down to deflated. And so it sounds like this person that you're speaking of has the structure to take the action and the action isn't the issue, it's the belief. So then it just becomes a conversation of, and there's no cookie cutter way to do it. And I think that's what's frustrating sometimes for people. Mm -hmm. It becomes like, okay, what structure can we put in place for you to help you not necessarily stay way up here, but just maintain neutrality? Because when you're neutral, you have more power. Mm -hmm. So it could look like maybe it's starting your day with a podcast. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's plugging into an accountability group. Maybe it's hiring someone, maybe it so many different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But to me, I think everything comes back to structure of some sort and even belief. If there's not structure built around it, it's easy for it to, to fall away to the wayside. And then all of a sudden the action has little to no impact because you don't actually believe it's going to work. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, CG, you're really, um, do you like train? Like <laughs> you should, honestly, you have little golden nuggets here. Um, because I want to just kind of like piggyback on what you said, the structure piece, when I talk about masculine and feminine energy, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the structure piece is really that masculine it's right. And then the feminine piece is like all is like, just like you said, it's like, you have to have a structure and it can look a million different ways. And I think what a lot of women have been programmed to do and how they exist today is they're all in their masculine. They're all in the doing, like they have the structure. We do the reach outs, we do this, we do that, but they're missing the being side, the feeling, the belief, the thoughts. And so I just love that having a structure for that feminine to express itself 
is so vital. It's so important. So I love that. What, and so the structure that you currently have to keep your energy clear is conversations and um, the thing that you mentioned before, just like the kind of conversations that you're having and things like that. Yeah. And I like not to be a dead horse, beat it. And it <laughs> looks different for everybody, but I really believe that, well, what we put in our body is mm. going to have an impact. Do you know what I mean? That's why when I say like, no, I'm so intense about the supplements that I take and the foods that I eat. And for some people it's a lot and I can appreciate that and not people don't have to do it the way I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think in general, when I talk to people and they're like, I feel terrible. And then they tell me about how much wine they're drinking and, mm. you know, like all of the things, again, no judgment. If you feel great and it's working for you. Yeah. I just, am a vanat- I know my body well enough to know that I, I operate better when I'm fortified. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of exploration. Again, more than I'd recommend for everyone. <laughs> figure out what it looks like for me. And it, I think it's ever evolving and it's not getting attached to like it being a certain way. And the same thing goes for movement. I just feel like this physical vessel that we're in yeah. really does matter just as mm-hmm. much as the other stuff. And yes. the other, I don't necessarily, at least for me, believe that the other stuff can be as impactful if I don't feel good. Yeah. That's so important because a hundred percent when I, if I eat junk food, I just feel lethargic. And I know there was like, um, I did this challenge, I think like a couple of years ago where we were supposed to drink half our water weight every day in ounces or something. It was, you know, and that's the most water I ever drank ever in my life. I was peeing all the time, but there was like this clear quality to my thinking, I remember. And it was just because I was hydrated. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, okay. Just a couple questions before I let you go is what, how do you, I'm sure today you're just like, whatever, because why would you give them any, um, any credence, but how have you in the past dealt with like quote unquote haters? And this, this is, yeah, this is going to be a two-part question haters within your actual network, friends, family, like, why are you doing that? And oh my God, and blah, blah, blah. And because I'm asking this question, because a lot of the people I work with come up against this. And when you're on Instagram or Facebook and you see, you know, somebody saying, oh, I would love to learn about weight loss. No MLMs though. Right. When you see that sort of thing, how, how have you in the past dealt with that? What advice would you give to someone that struggles with that? For sure. So I would say in the past, I dealt with it not well in the, in the beginning. <laughs> so I would fight fire with fire. I don't recommend it at all. And I had it coming from, I started building over 10 years ago, almost. So the landscape looked so different. So there was the benefit of like, eventually I became someone that had credibility because I was one of the first to really do something online in my network. Yeah. During the growing phase, I was the first one within my network to be building anything so boldly and so loudly and admittedly, arrogantly, there was a lot I had to work on for myself and I can appreciate why people experienced me the way they did for sure. So I definitely (laughs) had it coming at me from all angles. And like I said, I fought fire with fire. It was never effective. I remember my, my mentor early on said, CG, would you rather be rich or would you rather be right? And I was like, I think I'd rather be right sometime. <laughs> and that was all funny. It, it wasn't serving me. And I yeah. had to start to realize that. And then I I would say how I deal with it now is it doesn't bother me. I, I can kind of appreciate everyone's perspective and understand like, okay, maybe you didn't have a great experience. I don't actively follow people that I, I know are 
against network marketing. And I also just in my mind, imagine they just don't know what I know. Yeah. They haven't exposed the way I've been exposed. I, I try to let them off the hook. I also try to come at it from a, a place of radical responsibility for if I say something and it triggers someone, while that's never my intention, can I look at what it, can I take, can I acknowledge that for whatever reason it had that impact, even if it wasn't my, my intention yeah. and look at every situation, haters, quote unquote, or not from a place of like, what's the accountable version of the story? Not because it always has to be my fault, but because if I look at it as though nothing is my fault, I never learn and grow. If I look at it as, okay, what's the accountable version of this story, figure out where I am accountable and maybe putting out a message that that didn't land, or maybe it had nothing to do with me, but it has nothing to do with me. And it's just like loud people on the internet. Yeah. I just don't follow them, honestly. Yeah. It, yeah. I just keep them out. Again, I, maybe it goes back to just being so selfish in the boundaries I keep for myself that it just doesn't, if you look at my explore page on Instagram, it is all golden doodle puppies. So like <laughs> that's all Instagram serves me is golden doodle puppy. <laughs> right. Cause it knows. So mm-hmm. one thing I just want to say is the coach that, um, the mentor and coach that CG and I worked with w- when we met is a coach who really teaches about radical responsibility. And if I'm being totally honest, I've learned so much and I definitely apply what he's taught to me, but it's not for everyone. So (laughs) it's not for everyone. It's, it's, but honestly, if everyone adopted what he teaches, this world would be so much different. There would be no trolls. (laughs) There would be no haters. Um, so yeah, I guess what I heard you say is if you are triggered by it, maybe just ask yourself, you know, what is it like, what, where's my accountability in being upset and be and letting this person take my power because they said no MLMs or whatever. It's just a, yeah, it's, it's, it's about taking your power back. I think that's what radical responsibility does is it helps us take our power back and not give it to other people. Yeah. And I don't mean just to clarify, like if someone writes like no MLMs, I don't mean, I don't take responsibility for that. Yeah. I mean, more, I said something, it pissed you off. Yeah. I have two options now. I can just fight fire with fire, which again, in, in my experience has never worked or look at it and be like, okay, wasn't my intention, but can yeah. I put myself in her shoes, see why she thinks like I'm an arrogant jerk yeah. and then move from there. I think like the no MLM, I just move on. Yeah. <laughs> They're like adamant, no MLM. Like I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I think what happens though, is it, it, when people who don't obviously have the level of success or confidence that you do, when they see in those groups, people say no MLM it almost, it deflates them and what they're doing it. So it's, it's more like, how, how do we make it, you know, what's the advice for that? And I think what you is saying is like, it's just, it's nothing personal. Everyone gets to decide what they want um, and how they want to spend their money and who they want to spend their money with. That was one of the things that our coach, his name is Matthew Ferry, by the way, you can find him on, on the social medias. But um, that's one thing that he taught me is that, cause I used to have really good friends and family that would, would not buy my product. And it really hurt my feelings. And he would say, who made you the ruler of the universe? Who, why do you think that they need to spend their money with you? They get to spend their money how they want. And just that realization took so much pressure off of them that I was putting on them. And it took so much anger and resentment out of my heart because I'm like, I'm he's right. You know, People get to spend their money how they want. And some people love MLMs and some people don't. So that's, that's good. The, um, 
the last question I have would be like, where do you kind of see the industry going? Like, so for somebody that's building right now, what would you say are the strongest qualities, the most important things to focus on because of where the industry is and where it's going? Absolutely. I think in the next five or so years, and this is all my prediction for the record, but I imagine it's not going to be a conversation of, are you in network marketing? It's going to be a conversation of what company are you aligned with? Because I believe there will be more people aligning with this business model, just given the trends that we're seeing in the world. If the last two years was any indication, kind of some of the chaos that can ensue very quickly, but of the trends that we've been seeing of people wanting to be home more, people needing to be home more, of becoming a, a very much, a, whether we want to or not, a cocooning society where we're looking for things to be brought to our door, of becoming a society where building a business online isn't just something left for the special few, it's available and everyone has access to it. And then when you, you really start to talk to people, I think now people are more often having conversations of, leveraging their income, leveraging their time. It's a conversation that I don't really remember my peers having maybe 10 years ago. So people are paying more attention to how do I start to earn some kind of residual or leveraged income? And they're looking at things like real estate, which I'm a huge advocate for. And I know what it looks like from a, a financial investment standpoint to get involved in real estate. And what network marketing allows you to do is create the same kind of leveraged and residual income for a, I mean, a fraction yeah. of yeah. the cost. I believe it's going to be a side income for more people than we've ever seen before. I don't know that it will, for everyone, will become a six or a multiple six-figure income. I think that's always reserved for the people who really want that and are willing to work for it. But I think we're going to see more people leveraging this opportunity as a way to bring in a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars a month. Because I just think that in general, if you look at wages and inflation that we're seeing, it's challenging to live on one income Income. for a lot of people these days. And this provides you the opportunity to bring in more income and be home to do it. So you're not missing out on, because most people don't have six hours to go to a job, another job after the first job and their family and all that. So I, I really believe it just becomes a conversation of what company are you aligned with? Yeah that was really inspiring. (laughs) That makes me want to go and build a new business. Um, so the question I have is what sort of skills do you think are the most important right now for someone who's at the beginning of building in the middle of their building? I think it's the ability to communicate effectively. Mm -hmm. I think what we can do with speaking and communication, and it doesn't have to be speaking. I was even looking for some kind of coach or support in terms of not speaking on stage, but how do I develop my language? And because I feel like language has the ability to influence. Mm -hmm. And I know people who are such effective communicators that Mm -hmm. whatever they're speaking about, I'm an immediate yes. And so I think for a lot of people going forward in network marketing specifically, because social media, we're seeing social media change. When I started, it was Facebook, then it became Instagram. Now I think the kids are on TikTok. Right. Snapchat was like a thing for, I like can't keep up with all of it, nor do I want to, but the the one constant in this profession, no matter how you choose to do it is if, is the communication aspect, whether it's written, whether it's spoken. So I believe that if people are really working on their, their ability to communicate and their ability to use that communication to influence in a way that really serves the other person, that's the most important skill that someone Mm. can have. I love that. Credibility. Yep. I love that. And what would you say 
would communication is kind of like an internal and an external skill, I think. Uh-huh. So more specifically on an internal um, energetic vibrational frequency type skill, what do you think that top quality would be? I think it's the, I guess I guess I think it's a couple of things. I think it's the ability to remain neutral in what feels like a polarizing world. Ooh, that is so powerful. It's a skill for sure. And it, it's not easy. And I think it's a muscle that we build, but I believe that my power comes from my neutrality and an understanding that I'm going to see things so differently from so many people. I don't know about you. I actually enjoy doing this sometimes. It's like the part of me that likes to watch Bravo TV. I mm-hmm. see two friends from high school fighting about something. I read all 800 comments. Like, <laughs> this is. They're never going to change each other's opinion. They're just, do you know what I mean? There's no power in that. But if I can get super neutral and understand where you're coming from, then we can at least have a profound conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think from the inner gain standpoint, whether it's the most important thing, it's the thing that's coming to me is is learning how to remain neutral and what feels like a a volatile world that's only going to get more so. Yeah. And I love that. And I just, did you learn that from Matthew? Because I absolutely learned that skill from Matthew. And I can tell you since COVID happened, I am, it's, I've actually post, I, I think I've posted about COVID like twice in two years because I don't like adding to the noise. Um, Mm -hmm. one time was, I think just saying, I'm not gonna, I I have no opinion. And the second time was because my aunt died of it. And I obviously posted about that. But one thing that I have remained in this COVID conversation is neutral because I, it feels so yucky to put my stake in the ground on either side. Cause I can understand both sides. Um, I have preferences, right? I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want my kids wearing a mask. I understand why they want to. And I also understand why other people don't. So I have absolutely remained neutral. And I think that's a part of the reason why I'm not, um, depressed right now. <laughs> like, oh, and like, and, and my businesses have been growing too, is because I'm not caught in the, well, this is right. And they're wrong. And, and I think that's just a skill that is not talked about enough. Um, and so I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I, and I almost just, I'm like solidarity sister, like I'm right there with you. And thank you, Matthew, for teaching us that because there's so much power in neutrality. And I also just want to make a side note. Neutrality doesn't mean that you sit back and allow atrocious things to happen without, right? Because I just want to make that clear. Um, Neutrality is just deciding not to spend your energy trying to be right. That's it, right? So um, how can people find you? And if they want to try isogenics or learn about your opportunity, let them know here. I am not super consistent with posting anymore because I just don't want to be at the moment, but you can find me on Instagram at CG Siddons, on Facebook at CG Siddons. I play around in my stories a lot more because mm-hmm. they feel, they just feel fun and lighthearted. And I just want more fun and lightheartedness kind of in my, in my world right now. But yeah, awesome. you can find me on social media. Yep. CG Siddons is C-I-J-I-S as in Sam, I-D-D-O-N-S as in Sam. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I'm so excited for you and this new year and Austin and all the good things. Um, and thank you so much again for doing this. Yay. Thank you for having me. Mm, what a good conversation. I just love CG. She's just so um, straight 
and matter of fact and to the point and her perspective and point of view is so refreshing. Um, I really loved, again, what she talked about with neutrality and really, yeah, just finding power there. And neutrality doesn't mean, you know, putting your head in the sand. In fact, that's, that's, that's not being neutral, right? That's actually taking a stance, a stance of, I don't want to know about anything. Neutrality is a different type of energy. And once you kind of access it and understand that there's so many perspectives and points of views and that you are really in your power when you're neutral and it's from being neutral that you get to choose what's right for you. When you can really truly understand that there's freedom. Um, so what a awesome conversation as always, if you love the conversation, take a picture, um, post it on your social tag me at when hustle meets flow. I love to see when you guys are gaining value from the episodes. And finally, this is the last week you guys to enroll in the master, I'm sorry, in the um, money accelerator. So I've started an accelerator series that I'm so excited about. We had the first one that happened a few months back and it was all about human design and running your business. And the most incredible results have come from that program. Um, I am now creating a money accelerator. So this is going to be a four-week program, and there's two intentions. This is really for the woman who wants to make more money and receive more money. There is such a difference between working for money, actually making it, and then receiving it. And then honestly, it's what, you know, and then there's even more after that. It's what you do with it and how you treat it and, you know, how you see and view your money. But this particular course is going to focus on two things. The first is your identity around money. So what is your money story? How can we heal it if it's something that's not working for you at the moment? Um, this is a powerful, powerful way to step into wealth consciousness and become someone that, you know, not only works really, really hard, but actually receives that money. And then the second piece is really in the receiving. And that's all about your nervous system and making it safe for your body to receive money. Probably not something that you've ever done or thought about, but a huge piece if you are struggling with actually you know, making the money that you should be in terms of your effort and your belief and your desire. So this program starts um, this Monday. I believe that's March 7th. Um, we have, gosh, I think eight to 10 women in there already. It's going to be an amazing program. Um, if you're interested, you can click the link here in the show notes and get in. Um, it's four weeks. It's going to come with four live calls as well as Voxer support, as well as a pre-recorded um, hypnotherapy session, totally jam-packed and customized for this group and their goals. And then a energy tapping or um, energy freedom technique tapping sequence all around healing our money stories. So this is going to be super impactful if you're looking for the mindset, but also a little bit of the science and the um, quantum physics behind it and actually the reprogramming of the nervous system, literally recoding the cells within your body. If you're looking for that deep of a transformation when it comes to your money story, the invitation is to join us. Um, and don't let money be the reason why you don't join. There are payment plans. Um, it's on sale right now for $777. Truth is I could sell this, you know, for thousands. Um, 
And this is the price that felt most aligned, felt most alive for me as I put this together for you guys. Remember, any investment that you make in yourself really calls yourself forward. And even in the simple act of making a payment or paying for it, it actually starts to shift things happening in the quantum. Um, so you'll learn so much more about that inside the program. If you have any questions, certainly hit me up and we will see you next week.